What's up, Hopper Nation? Welcome back in. Chuck here. I got Seth with me. Seth, how you doing? Chuck, doing good. Looking forward to some more good football and good basketball this weekend. Um, interesting results in the divisional round. Not quite chalk. Um, Bengals kind of surprised some people, I think, blowing out the Bills like they did. Joe Burrow just gets it done, man. He, I, he I got to stop that Start what, against seven that guy. for seven? Seven for seven, 96 yards and a touchdown to start the game. Yeah, first Something like five ridiculous. minutes of that game, you just knew it's like, oh shit, the Bengals are going to win or at least cover. Like right away, you're just like, all right, the Bengals got this. We should have known by that pregame warm up video when he threw it and kind of like spun sexy, around in the, in the snow. That was that was hot. I was attracted to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're looking good. I mean, they're there. It's, it's an even even spread in Kansas City this week, which I know we'll, we'll get to that later in the pod, but. I mean, it started Kansas City minus two and a half, got all the way to Cincinnati minus one, and kind of back toward even. So that that's a good game. I think Vegas Vegas a little concerned. I don't know if it's. I know people are calling it Burrowhead because Joe Burrow's three zero <laughs> against against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing in that game right now is the Mahomes injury. Um, shout out, shout out, Jaguars got that got that cover hashtag Duval, um, but. You know, obviously Mahomes goes down in the middle of that one, and he he plays through it a good bit. I know Chad Henney came in for a little bit, but I saw a video of him today, and he 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 like walked out of the, his press conference and didn't limp or or anything, didn't even have like a boot or tape on his ankle or or nothing. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, certainly an interesting. Like I think we got the best four teams. I'm pumped for this weekend because I I think it's the it's the final four that we deserve for the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, the fact that both of these games combined spreads are two and a half yeah. is awesome. Like, there's no big numbers. They're going to be tight games, or at least they're supposed to be tight games. And you're right, we're going to see, um, I'd say, three of the teams have top, top quarterbacks with with our boy Brock, you know. He hasn't given <laughs> us anything wrong with him. I'm not, not going to put him in the top yet, you know, because he's... <laughs> He's just so new, but he's been playing exceptionally well. Big win for the Niners against the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys got to figure it out, man. They just this is sad. This is just that uh, that pick that the first pick yeah. that Dak had was embarrassing. That was such a bad throw. I mean, I think you can certainly say at this point that like like Dak's getting paid like a Mahomes level quarterback, and obviously like he's just not even close to that level. Like he's he and Kirk Cousins like. Both those teams, they probably need to move on because, like, you're not going to yeah. make it to the Super Bowl with those guys. You just aren't. You'll make the I playoffs agree. every year. That's great. You know, you're going to win 12 games and then maybe win one playoff game, and then, like, you know, like so what? Like, what's the point? Yeah, it's they're just going to be staying. I mean, it's not. It's not a lack of weapons. You got Tony Pollard. You got Zeke. You got CD Lamb. They even brought in Ty Hilton, um, and that defense is solid. It's a very solid defense, and to keep losing in the rounds that they're losing in is. I don't think that's going to last much longer. But, hey, moving on to this week, got the top four teams. I'm going to stick where, where I thrive, college basketball. Chuck, should I, should I get into the first pick of this week? Yeah, let's hear what you got. I know NC Central got a nice cover for you last week. Um, so you came in overall top, I think, in the money at least. Um, I know you had a one-two yeah, week overall. The two overs, the two overs had – both games had one really good half. And then the other half in yeah. both games, they just fell apart. Like I was, I was watching the Duke Miami game, and I don't think anyone made a bucket for like three minutes. And I'm just like, this is brutal to watch. So I learned my lesson. I'll stick with the unders. But this week we got two spreads. 
going back to the, the bread and butter, okay. going to the spreads. And I'm going to start in Omaha, Nebraska. A little Big East action. Xavier at Creighton. Xavier, very good offensive team. Kind of surprised teams this year, I think. Started unranked. Um, got all the way up to six, I believe, in the in the polls. Creighton has done the opposite. They started at six and have dropped out of the top 25. Um, but these teams played earlier in the year. Creighton lost by three a couple weeks ago. Um, Turnover-wise, the and turnovers and shooting percentage-wise, these teams were pretty even. Xavier had 13, Creighton had 11, and they both shot exactly 50% from the field and 43% from three in Xavier's building. Now they're going to Creighton. Creighton, again, kind of had a bad losing streak in the middle of their schedule, but their efficiencies are still pretty good with 29th on offense and 21st on defense. Xavier is 7th on offense and 96th on defense, and that is where I think Creighton is going to take advantage of them here. Xavier in their last three games from the field shot 38 against DePaul where they lost, 54% against Nova, and 45% against St. John's. Those were all, all on the road, by the way. You know, they're playing Creighton on the road. St. John's is 39th in defensive efficiency, which isn't quite as good as Creighton, but they play very similar. I was excited to watch the Creighton-St. John's game tonight because that was going to give me a little bit more info on where I think this line is, should be set. Um, Creighton's currently up, I think, 10 right now at half. Um, so kind of makes sense. I'm a little upset it's not a little closer. I hope, hope St. John's brings it back, strength the line. But Creighton's past three games at home, they shot 48% against Providence, 50% against Seton Hall, and they play St. John's, obviously, right now. So I'm going to check that at the end. But I think Creighton has a, a lot more room to go up than down playing at home against Xavier. I don't think Xavier is going to shoot 50% from the field again. They average 51% from the field on the year, but at home they average way, I think it's 54% at home and then 46 on the road. So I think this line comes out. The Jays minus two and a half, minus three, and I like that number. I think Creighton keeps rolling here. They're eight and one at home. And my other philosophy at the Big East, the Big East is like the Big 12 in the way that they beat up on each other constantly. There's no team really runs through either conference. And if they do, it's very rare. Xavier, I think, only has one conference loss right now. UConn only had one conference loss. Remember when UConn was number two in the nation? They're now 500 in conference play. I think that exact same thing is about to happen to Xavier. I think they're going to go on a two- to three-game skid. I mean, they just lost to DePaul last week. I think the skid starts with the Jays on the road. Give me Creighton minus two and a half. That's where I've got the line coming out at. Yeah, Seth, I wanted to shout you out. I I couldn't have told you where Creighton was, so shout out Omaha, Nebraska. I I did see also that they were eight and one at home, so they're you know, I expect the the Chai Health Center Omaha to be rocking on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Um and like you said, I mean, I think you brought up a good point about the Big East just kind of beating up on each other. I think we've seen that over the years also. Like like Villanova at its peak when Villanova was, you know, winning national champions, championships but still, like, lose to Xavier and Creighton throughout the year and have just really tight games with these teams because they're just so evenly matched that all these teams play really physical basketball. So um, I like Creighton to pull off, I guess, they might be favored, so maybe it wouldn't be an upset, but, you know, beat beat the number one team in the conference right now xavier yeah i mean i i can i can see vegas putting this line anywhere between even and probably creighton minus four and a half yeah i don't see them favoring xavier judging by their last meeting 
I, I really can't see him putting him above five and a half. Um, I do think Creighton wins this game by high single digits, seven, eight, nine. Um, do I think they shoot the ball really well at home? Um, that place will be rocking. Um, shout out, shout out Matt Walensky if he's if he's li- listening here. Um, Creighton guy right now there for PT school, so he'll be in the building. He'll be rocking it, and I got to roll with my boys, so I'm rolling with Creighton here. Yeah, maybe I should uh, throw on the old Dougie McBuckets jersey for for this one. I think I think that's a necessity, Chuck. <laughs> I think we definitely got to throw on that. Um, so I'm I'm going to go from one spread to another spread. We're going to my other favorite conference. My other this is the best conference in college basketball, Big Twelve. But we got the SEC Big Twelve Challenge this weekend, Chuck. So I'm going Auburn at West Virginia. This game is at noon Eastern time. Here's my hot take. I've got a hot take followed by not as hot of a take. The SEC, this is my hot take, the SEC is not good at basketball this year. Judging by their out-of-conference performance, they are not good. Alabama is good. I will get out. Alabama solid. Number two in the nation. Number three. Like, they are solid. Everyone else, even, I mean, Arkansas has fallen off. Auburn, I'll get into this, but none of them really made any noise. They've gone on little runs, but then they've gone on big losing streaks. So Auburn has not played well out of conference. Efficiency-wise, 59th, 59th in offensive efficiency, 12th in defensive efficiency. Notable out-of-conference games for Auburn. They played three. They beat Northwestern by one. They lost to Memphis by nine. And they lost to USC by three. Those were really the only notable teams they played. They played St. Louis in the A-10. They only won that game by five. So they really haven't played great outside of the SEC. West Virginia, on the other hand, notable games. Beat Pitt by 25. Lost to Purdue by 12. Beat Florida by 29. And lost to Xavier by 10. Auburn also played Florida. They won by three at home. (laughs) Florida, or... West Virginia played Florida in a neutral site and won by 29. West Virginia is 1-6 in in the Big 12, which my other take, which I don't think is a hot take, is the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the nation right now. Top to bottom, every game is going to be hard. There's no walk in the park. West Virginia and Texas Tech are the bottom two teams right now, and I think they could beat a majority of teams in college basketball in Power 5 conferences right now. And those two losses that Auburn had, to Memphis and USC were against very high-powered offenses. Auburn's a defensive team. I like Press Virginia to show up, show the difference between these two conferences, get a big win. I like this line coming out at minus 3.5 for West Virginia. I think this is another blowout game. I think this is another 8, 9, 10-point game. But I think the line's coming out at minus 3.5. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you said it. The Big 12 is just superior, and this is where it shows, right, in these kind of matchups. So... I mean, if you think about the Big 12, right, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, Baylor, I mean, those those four teams could, at one point or another, were in the top 10 of the rankings, um, and they just keep yeah, going I back mean, and forth. Top to bottom, I, I mean, I'm looking at, yeah, so Texas Tech is currently 0-8. Texas Tech is 0-8 in the conference right now. West Virginia just beat them, so they're on a one-game losing. Texas Tech is not a bad team yeah. at all. I don't think so. I mean, 0-8 in conference play. I'm going to pull them up right now. They lost, yeah, like I lost to Creighton. They smashed Louisville. Again, not that impressive. But, I mean, they, they played. They lost by three to Kansas. Lost by five to Oklahoma. Lost by two at Texas. 
Like they play close games, lost by six to LSU, and this is the bottom of the big, the Big Twelve that we're talking about. So yeah. I think I think West Virginia really shows the difference here between the two conferences, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they blow out Auburn. Yeah, I mean they did it to Florida. Why not? Why not do it to Auburn as well? So exactly, we like that. Um, so I think that wraps the the hop hop the hoop segment of the show, and let's get over to the NFL. Um. I'm going to start us off here before we kind of close the show with me and Seth's showdown, and we will see who comes out victorious. Um, we're actually going against each other this week for the, you know, one of the rare times that this happens throughout the, the season. But um, we're going to see who, who, come, who comes out on top and, uh, and who you guys want to, want to tail more, who, who makes the better argument. But to start it off, um, I'm going to start talking about the first game, or, well, it's actually the second game, the AFC Championship. We got the Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the show, the line's about the Bengals minus one right now. And and like I, I said at the start of the show, I'm done trying to fade Joe Burrow. I think I like the Chiefs here, but I'm not going to touch the line. Um, so I'm going to dive into the prop market, and we're going we're gonna to focus on the running backs in this matchup, actually, instead of the quarterbacks. So my first play, um, I like Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs over 50 and a half receiving plus rushing yards. Um, so I got a couple of points I want to talk about here. So we, we mentioned the Mahomes injury earlier in the show. Um, there's no way, like I, I, I didn't see him limping um, in his like Wednesday, his press conference as of like Wednesday, which is today. Um, but I still don't think he's going to be 100%. I've heard, you know, so many people talking about this high ankle sprain and how how painful of an injury that can be. Um, obviously, that's not going to affect him throwing the ball, but I think it will affect, number one, the Chiefs' game plan, and number two, like his ability to extend plays. Um, so I think they might lean on Pacheco a little bit here. Um, I think the game plan is going to be a little bit more run-heavy and a little bit more short passing so that he doesn't get hit and get even more hurt. Um, which is, might be similar to what they did last, last week against the Jags, right? Like, he got hurt in that game, and, and they relied on the run game, kind of did quick passes. You know, Chad Ken, Chad Henney came in for a little bit. And Pacheco had 95 rushing yards and six receiving yards in that game. So he went over 100 total yards in that one, and his line is set at 58.5 here. Now, Pacheco's kind of been dominating. Like, I was I was going back through his past 10 games, and he's gone over this number in nine of his last 10. Um, in that span, he's averaging 72.8 rushing yards, 12.3 receiving yards. So he's averaging, you know, close to 85 uh, total yards. And this, this number is only at 58. Uh, so that, and that one of his last 10 games was against the Bengals, and he had 86 total yards in that one. So you might be asking, this, is this too good to be true? I mean, why is this number so low? Um, so I think, I think the first reason is the prevalence of Jared McKinnon. Um, so that he's been seeing more action recently. Um, but I'm going to argue that, that he hasn't really been playing all that well. In that same 10-game span, he only had two games over 50 yards, and he got 11 carries last week against the, uh, against the Jags in the divisional round, but he only had 25 yards on those 11 carries. So I think Pacheco's the hot hand, so I think they they got to keep rolling with him. And um, the Bengals' run D isn't, isn't great. I mean, the last time these two teams played, the Chiefs averaged five and a half yards per carry as a team and you know maybe the Bengals are like hey Mahomes is hurt we're gonna stack the box we're gonna expect them to have a run heavy attack I mean you don't do that against Mahomes right like like they do that once and Mahomes is gonna burn them so I I don't expect the Bengals to 
you know, stack the box and try to play the run because you just can't against Mahomes no matter if he's 100% or 50% or whatever. Um, so I, I really like Isaiah Pacheco over 50 and a, 58 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think there's a little bit more value in that just in case he, he, gets, a, he gets a screen pass and goes for a lot of yards so you, you get the combo there. Yeah, Chuck, I, I like that. Um, Pacheco is kind of was kind of just bursting the scene in the middle of the season, um, getting a lot of the carries, a lot of the yards, like you said. And I was I was looking at the stats while you're talking about it because not a name I don't think we've ever mentioned on the pod before, so I really wasn't too familiar with him. Um, but you are right, and the, the fact with McKinnon is he he's kind of also a red zone guy. I mean, he's in the past, in the last six games and during the regular season. He had at least one touchdown every game, and they were all like little short red zone passes. Yeah. So they bring him in to be a receiver in the red zone. I think Pacheco is more on the entire drive, like middle of the field. And like you said with Mahomes, not going to be as mobile. I expect them to run some screen passes, like screen passes, quick passes, um, pulling linemen out of the way, getting getting the receivers and running backs out there in space. So I do like, you know, maybe breaks one, gets it all in one play. Yeah, yeah, you never know. There's a lot of value there, and like I said, I just that number seems too low. I mean, you get you get a lot of good value there with the rushing and receiving. I think his rushing alone is fifty one and a half, so they're not expecting him to do much receiving. But he has had games in the past where he's had like fifteen, twenty receiving yards. So I I think there's some value in that for sure. Yeah, McKin- McKinnon's definitely I feel like the the air back air attack back, but uh, right, you got. You got our boy Pacheco, who's going to be—he's the main guy running the ball with Mahomes not being able to run because Mahomes can scramble too. But now, now with this, I, I'm convinced he was just holding it together during that press conference. I think he's hurting a little bit, like you were saying. Yeah, he, he, he's got to be, but but we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to talk about the Bengals for a little bit as well. I like a running back prop for the Bengals in this one, um, so I'm going heavy on the running backs. Uh, Samaje Piran. Over 15 and a half receiving yards. So we're going to run back what we did last week. Um, last week, I mentioned on the pod, Travis Etienne over 17 and a half receiving yards. Uh, and he got 18. So I personally cashed that bet. I don't know if, if you, y'all did because I saw the number close at 18 and a half. So it could have been a bad beat for some of you. But um, we're going to run it back this week and do do the same logic, and hopefully he doesn't finish right on right on the number again. But um, like I mentioned last week, the Chiefs give up a ton of targets to running backs. Um, they're averaging like five or six targets to, to opposing backs. And I know ETN only had three catches last week for 18 yards, but you got to account for Jamal Agnew and Jamichael Hasty. That's something that I did not account for when I took Travis's bet. Um, so if you combine all three of the Jags running backs, they totaled six six targets and six catches. So um, so it's still kind of sticking to that trend that the Chiefs give up five to six targets a game to opposing running backs. Um, now, last week we talked a lot about, you know, the, the reason the reason I didn't take the Bengals personally um, was the, the concern of their offensive line, their injuries. So th- that didn't seem to be that big of an issue last week, but they did have a game plan that kind of, um, you know, helped them help them out you know, help, help deal with those concerns. Um, their game plan was filled with like quick, short passes, um, a lot to the running backs. I mean, Samaje Piran in last week had five catches for 31 yards. So as long as the Bengals O-line is still banged up, which I believe it is, um, I expect a similar game plan. I expect him to 
to get the same usage, if not more, because the Chiefs pass defense is a lot tougher than or pass rush, excuse me, is a lot tougher than the Bills in my opinion. So, you know, to to kind of negate the the pass rush of of Chris Jones and Frank Clark and some of those those guys on the Chiefs defense defensive line, um I expect them to to go heavy on the screen game. So, um and P Ryan is is a better pass blocker than Joe Mixon. I've seen some stats about that. So, I expect them to kind of keep using P Ryan a lot over Joe Mixon in some of those passing situations. Um, and I like his number to, to be over 15 and a half. This number was about 13 and a half, I think, last week. So I think Vegas should have moved it up a little bit more than just two yards based on him um, getting 31 yards last week and now going against the tougher tougher pass defense. I think that only helps him, actually. Yeah, Chuck, you've, you've been on these bets um, the past couple of weeks. So I've, I've got nothing to say other than I'm, I'm rolling with you here. Um, I like I like both these running back plays and, and you haven't you haven't really missed on them, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with them. Hey man, hop the props. I gotta I gotta dive into these props. I I'm loving these playoff games when the props come out before we do the pod. Um, yeah, I love scrolling it's through. So it's, nice. it's tough when we record usually during the regular season. You don't have the the most of the props in front of you. Yeah, it makes it it makes it a lot harder because then you start you start guessing numbers. You can't see where you can really exploit Vegas, so it does make value. a little tough. Yeah, you got hey. That's what all. That's what it is. All this is about is finding value. Yeah. And this next game, we've all found value, but just on different oh, sides. Man. So let's Here get into it, Chuck. San Fran in the bird's nest. Two thirty. Chuck, start us off. Philly's favored by two and a half. You, What's your play? You want me to start, so you can just throw holes in all my points all right um, i do i do i got the niners plus two and a half in this one obviously i would love it if it got to three i would put a lot of money down if it got to three um but i'll, I'll take two and a half um this is a bit of a gut play i i got the 49ers i think i talked about it on the pod i got them at plus 200 to win the nfc at the start of the playoffs so i can't really back down now you know i gotta ride it out um my first point i wanted to make is like i think the, this is an overreaction spot to the Eagles. Um, I asked last week, like, why is all the money coming in on the Giants? 60% of the money was coming in on the Giants at plus 7.5 last week, and the Eagles just absolutely torched them. Um, and th- and I was saying on the podcast that I felt like that was an overreaction, right? We saw the, we saw Daniel Jones just, like, shred the Vikings, and they were like, this team is so feisty, Brian Dable, coach of the year, uh, all that. So it was just a big overreaction. I think this is a similar overreaction now on the Eagles for beating the same Giants. Nearly 80% of the bets are coming out on the Eagles. Um, and I think that's just because of how good they looked last week and that Hurts didn't look that hurt um, and that they played really well. But let's not forget that they were playing the Giants. They have played them three times. The Giants are, are literally terrible. Um, they could only muster off like Daniel Jones was only able to muster passing yards against the Vikings exclusively all season. And I talked about that and we saw, you know, the 49ers, they, they kind of struggled a little bit with the Cowboys. Um, so I think that's, that's another overreaction. I I think they had that game within hand. Um, Dak Prescott struggled and they forced him to struggle because of how good their defense is. Um, and, and my personal opinion, I think overall as a unit, the 49ers defense is the best in the NFL. So I know statistically the Eagles have them beat in some categories and but these teams are like one and two. Like um scrolling through the the Eagles schedule though, I was looking at today, the, 
they haven't really played any good defenses. I don't think they've truly been tested. Oh, the best defense they played all year was the Commanders, I guess. And let's not forget that they lost to the Commanders at in Philly on Monday Night Football. Um, so let's let's just not forget about that. Um, it is impressive they've won like the amount they have. Obviously, like they're fourteen and three or whatever. But I would argue that they haven't really played that tough of a schedule. And if you go through, to be fair. If you go through the Niners schedule, I don't know if they've they've played very tough teams either, and that might just be the nature of the NFC this season. Um, but I give the Niners the edge on defense, in the coaching matchup, and in the running game. You got, you know, just better overall unit on the defense, more more players with Bosa and Fred Warner and Mufunga in the in the secondary and in the coaching matchup, Kyle Shanahan versus Nick Sirianni, give me that every time. And in the running game, I mean McCaffrey or a Hertz that we're still not sure if he's 100%. I, th- I think he is. He looked pretty good last week, but um, I- I'll take McCaffrey versus Miles Sanders in that matchup. Um, now, Seth, I, I know you're going to talk about Brock Purdy, and I, I-, I just want to get he- out ahead of it. Um, Brock Purdy on the road in Philly. Yes, 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 I understand. Um, I'm going to argue that this dude has balls. I don't even care. He's 7-0 and as a starter. Um, and honestly, like, in my opinion, I don't think he even has to do that much in this game. Uh, it's just the nature of the Kyle Shanahan offense, right? It's very short passes, use McCaffrey, use Debo, use Kittle, use all the weapons they have. And Brock Purdy just has to make a couple plays. And what I like about Purdy over, like, Jimmy G is he's mobile. He can move around a little bit. He can scramble. He can extend plays. And I think he's obviously going to have to do that against the Eagles, um, get the, get, throw the ball away. I think if Jimmy G was in this spot... Honestly, I would like the Niners less than I do with Brock Purdy. So, I just want to touch on that last point you said. I do agree. I think I think this is the best version of the 49ers team that's being put on the field. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit all my points. Yeah, now it's Jalen Hurts. I, I ranted. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, as we talked about, shoulder injury, right? Didn't even have to do that much last week. The Eagles ran for 263 yards against the Giants. I think he only threw for 100 and some yards. Like that, that game was over, well over. Kind of honestly, I almost saw it as a bye week for the guy. Like took a couple hits, ran in a touchdown, but he's had a whole other week to rest. Not even listed on the injury report. You know who is listed on the injury report? Christian McCaffrey, questionable. Elijah Mitchell, questionable. Debo Samuel, questionable. That team is beat up. They are. Because if you look at the Kyle Shanahan offense, they take a lot of hits because they run it up the middle all the time. They run it with Debo. They run it with McCaffrey. I do like Brock. I do like how he's mobile. However, this is where I'm going to shit on Brock a little bit. Brock Purdy has yet to play a road game, in my opinion. Yeah. He went to Seattle with a struggling Seattle team when they were on a three-game losing streak. Played them. They won. They won by nine. It wasn't pretty. Like, I mean, it was 21 to 13, I think. They won by eight. So they put up 21 points. Then they played the Raiders with, I believe that's when they started Stidham. Yeah. I was and they say, won by three. And they won by three. Philadelphia is different. It is a different atmosphere. And I'm going to compare it to a college football atmosphere. Because NFL stadiums, I don't think home home field doesn't matter as much because you know everybody's a professional, right? It's their top top of their sport, top of their position. College football, you've got a little bit more leeway. I think home field matters a little bit more. 
I think this is going to look a lot how college football games look. That stadium is going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. Brock has not played in an atmosphere like that, I promise you. I'm not saying that he's going to play bad, but I'm saying he has to do a lot. Because like you said, the Eagles, I do think the, the Niners have the better defense. Like, the Eagles are better in some statistics, as you said. The Niners have the better defense. But the Eagles are just right behind them in defense. Well, I think Philadelphia has a much better offense. Kyle Shanahan has to coach the – I will say that if the Niners win this game, it will be because of the game plan that Kyle Shanahan put together. If he puts together an A-plus game plan, they have a chance. If he does not, I, do, I can't see them winning this game. Jalen Hurts, his offensive line is fantastic. He is way more mobile than Brock. So San Francisco's got to cover him, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown on the outside. You've got way too many weapons on that team, Devontae Smith. And both the other thing with San Francisco is I'll argue that their, their offensive line is the reason why their running game is so good. I do think McCaffrey's fantastic. But their own line against the Cowboys was moving bodies. Like, if you, watch, if you go watch replays of that game, there are times, I think it was the right tackle, blocked two guys at one time. I was like, these guys are incredible. But the Eagles' strength is their D-line. Like, that is one of their main strengths. Brock's going against the number one passing defense. They allow 175 yards a game. I think if San Fran wants to win this game, they have, he has to throw for at least 250 270, because the Eagles are going to make him do it. They're going to load the box. They know that Debo is going to get ball. They know that Christian Pavery is going to get ball. they got to guard Kittle, but I think they, they can do it. I think this is this is a game that I'm bringing the college football mantra back. The amount of intangible passion that's going to be on that field. If you watch the coin flip between the Giants and the Eagles, I wish I could have bet more. I wish I could have bet more on that game after the coin flip. They were chirping the Giants in the in the coin flip. Like, he's like, we're going to run it. The, I forget who it was. It was one of the linebackers of the Eagles. Talking to the D-lineman for the Giants, he's like, we're going to run it over your head. Before the game even starts, 260 rushing yards. I think this team's different because weeks ago, I said the Niners are going to come out of the NFC. I, we agreed. We talked about it. I remember. Something, something clicks. Something clicks when the Eagles play in the NFC Championship at home. You got the bird, bird gangs behind them in the nest. Give me the Eagles minus two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple things I wanted to say is one, I don't know why you're all of a sudden more confident in the Eagles after watching them obliterate the Giants because I don't think there's that much that to be gained out of that. I'm not not really putting too much into that. And number two, you talked about how they literally did run all, all over the Giants. The Giants run defense sucks. The, the 49ers are number one in yards You're per right. carry allowed. Um, the Eagles are 24th. So I think that's where this game is, the difference is in this game, is the 49ers being able to run the ball and Brock Purdy not having to do that much, and the Eagles maybe not being able to run the ball, and Jalen Hurts having to do a lot. And I still don't know if I trust Jalen Hurts throwing the ball with his shoulder and just in general. Um, I know they they got a lot of weapons, and... I, I love their weapons. I love Devonta Smith. I love A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard had a nice game as well last week. Um, so, you know, I just – I give the edge to the 49ers. I'm going to take take the points. I think this this is going to be really close for sure. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, if, if this is lower scoring, I think the Niners win. And if this is higher scoring, then the Eagles definitely win. Yeah, I, I told you before the pod, if the Eagles score over 21 points, the Eagles win this game. 
and I think that's fair. I don't see the Giants. I don't see the Giants putting up more than twenty, or the, not the Giants, Forty Niners. But the other thing that you said that I just realized is you were saying that the Eagles didn't play like a good schedule. Neither did three out of the four teams in the NFC in the divisional round were from the NFC East. Yeah, and they and they lost the Cowboys, the team that Gardner Minshew. Gardner so, Minshew. Yeah, was I mean. I would have liked to see that game late in the year, Eagles Cowboys, with both teams fully healthy, and we, so, we didn't. I think I think the NFC in general is just very lackluster this year. Yeah, that, um, that's why like I said AFC, that too because the, the, the Niners haven't better. played anybody either. The Niners haven't played anybody either. Like their division sucked too. So, I mean, but regardless, either way, I'm excited. I'm excited for an opposite ends. This is exciting. Yeah, going mono mono. I I like. I'm glad I'm. You're you got the home team, but I'm getting some points, so that's always good. I like I like taking points. Um, yeah, got, got the road dogs, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as as insightful as this comment probably is, it's not insightful, but it's going to come down, I think, to who turns it over the most. Yeah, because it's and it, I think it's going to revolve around field position. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's maybe... gonna be a field goal. Like field goals are gonna end up deciding it. You know, if you get a turnover in the opposing team's territory, go down. You know, go out on downs and kick a field goal. It's three points. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the spread right there. So we'll see. But I'm I'm excited. I will be in uh, I'll be in Double Dogs Eagles Bar in Nashville, repping the birds. Get ready, knocking down some some steins of beer, um, yelling inaudible things. Might not even make it to the fourth quarter. I don't even know, but I'm excited. Well, well, this is the first game, so you gotta you gotta pace yourself. For we got Mahomes Burrow right after right after this one, so I'll be celebrating it. <laughs> I won't be watching the second game. So, but Chuck, good. We got a good week coming up. Big week. First, I mean, it's champ champ week. Champ week. A lot on the line here. College basketball and Dude, and some football. Football's almost over. I'm pretty sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump in the the hoops with you. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough yeah, well, sledding hey, for me at first. I think you only have a couple of weeks till the madness begins. That's true. That's true. I might have and to get creative with some like golf and tennis plays. Yeah, and if there's anything we. All right, Hopper Nation. We just we just lost Seth, so I think that'll be a a wrap for. For this episode, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hope you make some money this weekend, and we'll see you next time.